Can I say I won't give it up? Danielle Dirac. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Excited to be here. Okay, good. I like to start the conversation with some early uh, musical memories. Um, maybe it was a, a band that kind of was inspiring uh, or a record music that was in the house and how that affected kind of your taste now so a lot of the like what i listen to my earliest music memories are embarrassing hit me <laughs> it's like radio disney <laughs> oh shit i don't even know what that is but just from like exactly. the shows or something <laughs> <laughs> um no it, it was like a disney channel radio station it was like on am radio my parents hated it because the quality was like trash uh-huh. it was just like you know all crackly yeah um like stars like hillary duff and things like oh, that okay, wrote songs and, and it, that was I, I listened to a ton of that i loved britney spears oh yeah sure i loved um there was this girl group from sweden called play that i just like would have taken a bullet for at the time <laughs> um those are my earliest music memories that and then my parents obviously like what they were listening to my dad Loved Billy Joel. He loved um, Neil Diamond. Who else? I don't Classics. know. You know, just like dad stuff, I guess. <laughs> loved uh, the Talking Heads. That was always fun for, like, I loved the Talking Heads when I was little. Yeah. Um, and then my mom loved disco and, like, ABBA was her jam. Yeah. So Is that it. why you did Dancing Queen? I just love that song. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, Actually, why I did that song, somebody reached out, um, some blog, some blog owner, a blog runner, yeah, music blog guy, <laughs> uh, was getting married and as a wedding gift to his wife, reached out to like a bunch of artists that he had featured with like a list of songs and asked everybody to do a rendition of one of her favorite songs. Wow. And that was the one that I picked. Well, it's, it's, it's a pretty special. I spooky rendition you know it's kind of like did he play it at the wedding I don't know I was late I was late for the deadline (laughs) whoops yeah (laughs) so it was like probably more of like a honeymoon gift um but yeah it's it's um it's the ambient dancing queen cover no one asked for (laughs) (laughs) so at what point does music kind of become a thing for you there's, I don't know, I, I can think of uh, either concerts or or artists where it's like, holy shit, I want to do that. Yeah. I really can't remember a time that I didn't want to do music. Mm-hmm. I honestly, like, I think Britney Spears was the one where it was like, that's so cool. She's so cool. I want to be that. Mm-hmm. And that has evolved, you mm-hmm. know, since then. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I think I was like five years old when I like kind of like said to myself like I want to be a singer Hmm. and then um yeah have like I was embarrassed of that pretty much up until high school like didn't want to tell anybody that's what I wanted to do with my life (laughs) was music something that your folks are your folks musical no not at all um they're both big fans of music but they're athletes both Mm -hmm. of them my dad teaches tennis for a living and my mom works in like corporate America, but she she grew up doing like sports, and that was what they always pushed when I was little is like staying in sports. Mm-hmm. 
which I did, but yeah. uh, my passion's always been for music. Um, and any siblings? I've got an older brother who plays guitar. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it skipped a generation. Yeah. My grandma plays piano. She's like pretty much the only one I can think of, even in my extended family, that that was musical. And did you grow up here? Mm-hmm. You did? Yeah. yeah. Whoa. Nice. Yeah, my dad's from here as well. <laughs> okay. So started kind of finding the confidence, I guess, to, to sing in high school? Yeah, I think, I mean, I, I've been writing songs since like I was in the fifth grade and just felt very shy mm-hmm. about it all. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was in choir in high school and that mm-hmm. provided a, an organic opportunity to kind of like start testing those waters. Mm-hmm. And then in college, that's when I really like dove in and started putting out my own music. Where'd you go to school? I went to ASU. And what did you study? I had an interdisciplinary degree in um, vocal performance and general business. Hmm. Yeah. That makes good sense. Yeah. You know, (laughs) how was the program? Was it good? It was interesting. I feel like I didn't, I feel like I got very lucky uh, in terms of like my workload (laughs) compared to some of my friends who were in school at that time. Like I felt like I cheated. (laughs) I feel like (laughs) I got my degree very easily. Because I was only really able to take entry-level courses. Huh. I wasn't allowed into any of like the music major classes or huh. like the business major classes. I was technically like a concentration or a minor, essentially. So um, it never got super difficult. <laughs> so, uh, But it was fun. And I feel like I, I, met, I met a good, good handful of people that are still in my life. And yeah. <laughs> and was it like a choir or, or like a acapella group or or both or in college or yeah i mean i i took gospel choir my senior year i actually really didn't want to go to college at all it was kind of um you know encouraged forcefully by my parents (laughs) and um and i had a a scholarship so it was kind of like i i don't know it was it was i didn't want to go but i ended up going and had the worst attitude about it for the first like two and a half years. Mm-hmm. And then finally it was like, I might as well try and, you know, I don't know, make some friends or something. <laughs> so I joined gospel choir and was kicking myself immediately for not having joined earlier. Yeah. Cause it was, it was just like the most amazing experience. There wasn't like a single class that I didn't come out, like just like smiling and yeah. like having a better day. Yeah. At what point, well, you said you started writing when you were very young. Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember your first kind of recording? Yeah, I didn't really record much of anything myself. Um, I started using the little voice memo app once I got an iPhone, which would have been like in high school. Hmm. Um, I just wrote down lyrics. And when I was a kid, I, my memory was super Spot sharp. <laughs> it's not like that anymore. But yeah, I would remember the melodies and I had the lyrics out and Whoa. had notebooks full of them and yeah. I didn't play any instruments at that time either. So it was all just like lyrics and melodies. Um, but the first recorded like real recording was in like 2014. I did just like a, a little demo in a friend's closet. Uh-huh. <laughs> he set up all his whole rig. Yeah. Um, but yeah. <laughs> and is that, is that recording out there? Mm-hmm. It's on Bandcamp. It's not anywhere else. <laughs> but What do you, what do you like about Bandcamp? I mean, I know some people that use it. I don't use it. I don't really get it. 
I yeah. don't what is the what is the benefit of it? The appeal of Bandcamp is that they pay the highest percentage um out to artists by like a quite a large margin. Um I think like artists take home 80%. Oh. Um and that is pretty much the biggest appeal. It's like it's a platform that's catering to the artists as opposed to like the artists catering to the platform. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and yeah, I don't know. I feel like there's all sorts of like weird things on Bandcamp that aren't anywhere else, but it's not like SoundCloud where it's like random. Like, I don't know. It feels like most of the recordings are, if not good, they're still like artful. Uh-huh. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that's the, that's the band camp thing. <laughs> yeah. How did you stay creative over the last couple of years? I mean, were you, were you gigging at that point during like when the pandemic started, were you, were you out there working? I had some, I had quite a few things lined up. I was supposed to play South by Southwest in 2020 and that got, can- that was like the first thing to get canceled. And, um, I, I wasn't full-time gigging at that point. Like I was working at the restaurant still. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be honest, I didn't really write a whole lot of anything over the course of the pandemic. I got pretty um, scared and depressed mm-hmm. about the future of music. Yeah, for sure. Um, and just was feeling like I had more free time than I had ever had, but like was the least inspired I've mm-hmm. ever been. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would agree with that too. Yeah. So what did you do? How did you get over it? Uh, luckily I had already, like I had been, I had just finished tracking for my most recent album in February of 2020. Mm -hmm. So luckily I had all sorts of like things to do to promote the album. Mm -hmm. Like I, you know, mixing and mastering and then getting all my ducks in a row to like promote it. So that was kind of a blessing because if I, if the timing hadn't worked out like that, I don't know what I would have done. Right. Right. Um, So having this new record to promote kind of kept you accountable and moving and creating stuff and. Yeah. And it was pretty perfect because it was like the one thing that I didn't need necessarily to have people in the room to like push it forward, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah. How did you get, um, how did you get the South by, uh, uh, invite? Um, I applied, Oh. um, and was accepted at the last minute. I think the only reason I was to be honest, <laughs> I don't have any like evidence to support this, but I think the only reason I got the, the slot, cause I, I got it probably two weeks before I would have had to leave oh, wow. for Austin. I think a lot of artists were dropping out as oh. a result of the pandemic and they were going through the list. Um, so I think I got lucky there and I ended up playing this past year. Um, oh, cool. As again, I, they'd said that you weren't guaranteed a slot if you had a slot in 2020, like you still had to reapply, but I think it probably helped yeah. that they had offered and yeah. <laughs> How was that experience? It was pretty chaotic. I've never, like I've been to Austin one other time. Um, so it was a lot of just kind of finding my bearings. It's like. Like, have you been? Mm-hmm. Okay. Many, many years ago. Okay, yeah. It's it's just like, it's just like madness. It's a shit show. <laughs> and um, even trying to see acts that I wanted to see yeah. as like a viewer was like, ended up being such a dumpster fire because I didn't think about lines and like wait times to like get into venues and ended up missing a couple of like 
acts that I really wanted to see. Who did you want to see? Um, <clears throat> this artist, Charlie Hickey. Um, Muna played. Um, I saw, I ended up seeing Lee Fullebeck, I think is how you say his name. Have you heard of him? I haven't. He's amazing. I okay. feel like you'd probably really like him. Um, just like real soulful pianist, but he plays guitar as well. Um, and I ended up seeing him in a church in Austin and it was just, I like cried. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is the most amazing experience. And he even said like during his set, he's like, this is our fifth time playing South by, and it's the first time we've had like a decent venue. So like all you artists out there, like don't get discouraged. It was like, felt yeah. like I needed to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was crazy. And it was, um, I don't know. Felt like a lot. I feel like I put out a lot of energy and money to get myself out there and was like, Oh God, did I make the most of this? Right. Um, were you just performing solo or with a band? I had a band out. Oh, cool. Um, and then we toured home, which was a blast and super inspiring and so worth it. Yeah. <laughs> just the, that little run of shows. Mm -hmm. Who, who was in the band? Um, Levi Murray, who's another singer songwriter out here. He's amazing. Um, Jake, Gillespie, he's a drummer. Both of them are Peoria based or from, I guess Levi's from Oklahoma originally, but he's been living in Peoria for a while. And then um, Quinn Scully, who actually lives in Tucson, but I've met, I met him at, at um, Side Pony. I don't know, just a group of guys that yeah. I've been around and they're awesome. They're yeah. hilarious. <laughs> and what, I mean, what was your goal for that experience? I didn't really have a goal. Like it was kind of just, I wanted to be open to anything, you know, um, make myself open to any possible positive outcome, mm -hmm. you know? And, and was, did you get good, good feedback? Yeah. Um, the, the slot we had was kind of strange. I mean, it was, it was like a bar. So, and I feel like my music's pretty quiet. I'm not, very good at competing with, you know, yeah. a bar <laughs> and I, and I don't add to like the bar atmosphere. So <laughs> what yeah. my music does, but, um, yeah, I mean, from the people that in the room that were listening, I definitely got some really awesome feedback. And, um, again, that run of shows home was absolutely unbelievable. Where did you, where did you play? We played, it was, oh my God, it was such a dumpster fire, <laughs> but, um, okay. So I tried to book something in Dallas and wasn't able to book something in Dallas, which was fine because when we got to Dallas, there was a tornado warning and mm. everything was on lockdown. Great. Yeah. And then I think the next date was Lubbock. We played a house show. That was fun. Then we went to Santa Fe and played El Rey Court, which was really cool. It's like a hotel and it has like a built-in draw. So there was like a room full of people and it was, you know, everybody was there to listen. It was mm. really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, in Flagstaff, we had originally booked a show for, um, Fire Creek and then Fire Creek literally within 24 hours, it had been shut down by the health department. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so Quinn, the bassist, he's from Flagstaff. So he's like going through his whole like contact list. Just like, where else could we play tonight? Right. And after trying, just like actually an amazing amount of venues up there for a small of a town. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> After going through a list of must've been like 15 different venues, we found something and ended up playing in like a bar and it was, it actually ended up going pretty okay. Um, half the room was paying attention and the back half was, you know, having their bar time and, right. um, 
we definitely like upped the energy of a lot of the songs and had a great time. And then in Phoenix, we played Valley Bar and then we played Club Congress in Tucson. Nice. Yeah. That sounds like a nice little run. Yeah. Did you, did you book it all yourself or? I had a lot of help from Quinn. Yeah. Um, like I would say actually he booked the majority of everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't have a booking agent. It's, it's just, you know, a DIY thing. Love it. I checked out your, um, your Facebook page and I was just really impressed. Um, all of the, the great press you were getting last year. Yeah. How did that come about? Um, again, I think it was just kind of a, a lucky timing thing. I don't think a lot of people were putting out albums Mm -hmm. at the beginning of 2021, just as a result of 2020. Um, and I hired a PR company and they did an amazing job. Yeah. I was like, holy shit, like pitchfork. And yeah, I mean, that's like, unbelievable. Like, yeah. I'm going to have to get the number for that PR. Yeah. Firm. Yeah. I'll, I'll shoot you their email. They're awesome. Are they, are they based here? No, the, I found them just kind of by, um, Googling or not back in the day before I put out bashful. So this is like 20, 2018. I was like doing research about like booking agents and PR people and going through all of my favorite artists on Facebook. Hmm. Cause at the time, everybody had all of their people listed on their info page. Mm -hmm. It was like, you could just get direct emails for people. Um, and I kept seeing this like chromatic PR, chromatic PR for like Mm. Julian Baker, Baker, Phoebe Bridgers, like Manchester orchestra, all of my heroes were using the same company. Mm. And I was just like, fuck it. Like also, sorry, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear. (laughs) (laughs) Um, like I might as well, shoot them an email see what happens and they got back to me they were like for that album that i had reached out after it came out and they were like we need three months advance Mm. but hit us up next time Mm. and i did and they were willing to work with me and yeah they were super super kind and it sounds like you've been pretty steadily releasing music i mean how many albums have you done uh three at this point i'm about to go back in the studio for for the fourth. Nice. Where are you going to yeah. go? Um, I'm going to be working with Sam Rawson again um, up in Seattle. At, oh, um, cool. Hall of Justice is where we usually work. Do you like that? Is it a cool studio? Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. And I mean, I I don't have like a huge preference on studios. It's where he likes to work. It's where he feels most comfortable and like most, I don't know. I, I think it's just, it's more wherever his creative juices are going to be flowing. Like Mm -hmm. I've already got the songs Mm -hmm. like, and he does his magic with them. Mm -hmm. He's done other stuff for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He did the last two records. Okay. Okay. So the story goes is sponsored by Gensler amplification. And I'm here to talk to you. I'm really going to do do a deep dive on the acoustic array pro. Now I have one of these. I practice with it in my living room. I use it professionally. The AA Pro offers a full-featured preamp design with two identical channels, both with mic and instrument. So if you're a singer-songwriter, you got a guitar, you got a vocal microphone, kablammo, taken care of. It has a unique contour circuit. It has a flexible EQ network. I don't like, I don't like EQ networks that aren't flexible. Rigid EQ networks, forget about it. You have digital effects. You have. 
this really unique angled cabinet. You got the speakers in the array form. It's bottom mounted speaker stand adapter. It's just, it's sexy and I think you deserve it. I think it's time to upgrade your rig a little bit. GenslerAmplification.com. Go check it out. I mean, come on. What was kind of the inspiration for this latest batch of tunes? Um, the most recent record is pretty, pretty, like it's a, just a quintessential breakup record. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, I didn't mean for that to happen. It's just like, you know, wrote a bunch of songs and I was like, there's really no other way to market this. <laughs> uh, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just went through a pretty, pretty rough one, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I have records like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it, that's, that's how it, that's how it happens. Yeah. And what's the plan uh, for the new record? Um, you mean just in terms of like what the songs are? Well, I, up to I, me more or? like what, what do you hope to accomplish? Like, I don't know. At some point I started to look at releasing records kind of in a commercial sense, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. uh, in the beginning, writing and recording was more therapeutic, and and now it's a little bit more of a business. Got like objectives. Exactly. Yeah. Do you have any, or is it, or is it still kind of just a therapeutic, I have to release this? Do you yeah. know what I mean? I don't know if like, I think the therapeutic moments happen when I'm writing. Mm-hmm. All of the other stuff is more... Like, I think when it comes out, it does feel like it's being, like, released. So I guess that is, like, a therapeutic thing in and of itself, but it is more of, like, a, not, like, a commercial thing, but just, like, I'm doing this, and I think it's cool, and I mm. think other people would think it's cool. So, mm-hmm. like, why not? Right, right. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I definitely have, like, some some hopes. There's there's a couple things that, you know, I I would love to find a booking agent. I have so much fun. <laughs> on the road and it would just be so nice to not have to deal with the booking side of things Mm -hmm. and be able to focus on all of the other things. Right. Right. Um, and like to be able to like bring my music to like everywhere in the world, (laughs) that would be really cool. That'd be awesome. Yeah. (laughs) That'd be sick. (laughs) Um, you know, just small hopes. Uh, But yeah, other than that, I mean, it's just kind of like I I realized during the pandemic that I don't really do this, like, or I didn't start doing this to, I don't know, make money or be famous or any of those things. I did it because I love to do it. Mm-hmm. And I think even if I like, quote unquote, quit music, like I'd still be writing songs every day. Right. Um, and tell me about, tell me about your writing process. Are you the writer that sets aside time every day get no. you know sits at a desk and i wish you know i know me too <laughs> so it's more just kind of cerebral when it comes it comes and i gotta i yeah. gotta jump on it before yes. it runs away <laughs> totally yeah. yeah there's definitely like seasons where there's mm. like it just feels like it's like an endless spigot you know no <laughs> just kidding. Like, yeah that's and gotta feel fucking great it does but then it's terrifying when there's just again like i mean the whole the entirety of like 2020 i wrote nothing mm-hmm. um that's i don't know how many times i have to go through this cycle to like be able to tell myself that like it's gonna come right back. right <laughs> like 
this your well is pass. not dry. Right, right. You're going to be okay. <laughs> right. No, but it is, it is terrifying when, yeah. especially having experienced a, a, a period of time that is so fruitful yeah. and creative mm-hmm. and you're like, holy shit, I'm just, I'm pulling shit out of the, yeah. and then when it goes away, you're like, oh my God. Yeah. And I guess it, you know, it, it, it didn't help that, you know, there was just this underlying anxiety mm-hmm. and nothing was good on the news. Like there was just no like hope yeah. in sight. And it's like, what is the fucking point? Yeah. And who cares? And fuck this. And yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. So that, that was a, that was also a tough time, um, for me. Yeah. Um, just, yeah. Being hopeful that, that shit will come back. Yeah. And, and, and not even, from a songwriting perspective, but just from a performing perspective, like I find, I found out that a lot of my joy and sense of value, um, stems from that. Yeah. Right. It's a very special kind of validation. Mm -hmm. Just being clapped for on a stage. Right. Right. (laughs) Even I would have done it with no claps. No claps. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah, totally. The exchange. Right. Exactly. That energy exchange is, it's a drug, you know, yeah. and it, and it, and I missed it and it was a very dark time. Yeah. Very dark time. But totally. are you, are you finding that the gigs are coming back for you? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's still kind of like, um, I mean, you know, it's just, it's this weird, we're in this weird in between time where mm. some people are still very cautious and some people are, you know, basically never experienced a, a pandemic at all. <laughs> like, right. Um, just like feeling that out, but I, I feel like things are more or less back to normal. Mm -hmm. And what is a, what is a normal kind of monthly schedule, gigging schedule look like for you? Um, I mean, pre pandemic, I think I was gigging maybe like three times a month. Like one, one of those would be like a ticketed event. And then the other two would be be like private or like, like cover gig type Mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. Do you, do you, do you want to do more cover gigs? Like. Um, yeah, I mean, like I, it's not, it's not what I, I, I did that more or less full time for a while. I was like, I taught and then I did the cover gigs. And I think if I do too much of that, it kind of sucks the joy from the thing that I love. Sure. That sucks, you know? So there's like a balance to be maintained, but I do enjoy them. Um, you know, probably like again, two or three times a month. Mm -hmm. When did you get to the guitar? Uh, college, I was probably 18 mm-hmm. and I still, I basically plateaued at 18. I have not gotten any better <laughs> at the guitar. I was so intimidated being on stage with the three of you. I was like, I don't even know what this thing is. <laughs> How did this get here? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like felt like I had my first act guitar on stage. <laughs> so when you say you were teaching, um, what were you teaching? Voice? Voice and piano. I worked at the School of Rock for like three or four years and then started doing private lessons. I still have a couple students, just voice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, you have this new record. Mm -hmm. Uh, When are you going to go and record it? Uh, July is the plan. I don't have flights booked. I've got the studio time on hold, but it's all kind of like coming together. Mm -hmm. How much time are you going to set aside for it? I think like a week. Nice. Yeah. How many tunes? So far, there are seven, but I'm—I've got a couple that are like on 
the chopping block. Mm -hmm. So I think it'll be around 10. Full length record in a week. Definitely doable. Yeah. We've got a couple of the songs um, pretty much worked out. We have two songs. One of them is like done, done. Hmm. Like it's got, I've got like a rough mix or whatever. Um, And then the other one just needs drums. So it's more like eight songs in the course of a week that we need to actually. Great. Are you taking a band up or are you going to use? Yeah, I'll be taking um, a guitarist and a drummer and then Sam has a bassist that he's excited to work with. So yeah, yeah, that's exciting. Ooh, week in the studio. That's like my happy place. Yeah, I kind of hate it. Like I, I love it and it's like, I don't know if there's anything that stresses me out more. Hmm. Um, which sucks for everyone <laughs> that I'm <laughs> stressed. Um, what is it about that experience that is stressful? I think it's just the permanence of everything and like mm. feeling like I need to make the quote unquote right decisions, you know? Uh-huh. And like there's little, it's not as like fun as like writing the songs, like the pure creative element of things. It's like, I don't know. The, f- the feeling of permanence that it's like what we do today is going to be out there in the world forever. And I hope it doesn't, you know, I hope, I don't know. It's just, it's a fear of judgment, I guess, huh. that gets in my head yeah. while I'm recording. Oh man, that's a drag. Yeah. We gotta get I over gotta that. Get, we gotta get yeah. over that. <laughs> I, gotta, I don't know. Totally. <laughs> You're a special kind of tragic And so naturally I'm attracted See, I don't know what it is about Don't gotta have it when they're down and out and ragged and you can come home with me and I'll fix you up as good as brand new and I say Sounds great. Thanks. I, 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 as I mentioned, it, it reminds me of that old, of some old, uh, death cab records. Yeah. Yeah. And you said that it's actually the same studio. Yeah. Yeah. I believe, I don't know which record, but I know that they've recorded a good chunk of music in the hall of justice where this was recorded. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The song is about, I always joke on stage. It's about having, um, questionable taste in men. Um, that's like more or less what it's about. It's kind of a weird pattern that I've had for a very long time of falling in love with men that are either literally or emotionally unavailable and breaking my own heart over and over and over again. (laughs) Who would do that? Uh, An idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it sounds, it sounds great. And, um, 
tell me briefly how you got connected to Sam, the producer. So my best friend in high school, Jordan, is from, or yeah, uh, is from Anacortes, Washington. And after high school in Phoenix, she wanted to move back and I ended up helping her move. So I drove up the coast with her and spent like a good two or three weeks just hanging out in Anacortes, which is where Sam is from. So I ended up hanging out with this big group of friends and him and I clicked like immediately. Um, and he had told me that he was going to school for audio engineering the, f- the following semester at Shoreline. And I just kind of filed that back cause I knew I was, you know, I wanted to pursue music and that's roughly when I started recording Bonnie Rose, which I did out here in Phoenix. When was that? That was in 2017. It came out in 2017. So it would have been like 2016 mm. when I was recording, but I didn't have like the funds or the, I don't know. I didn't think it was feasible to like get myself to Seattle to do it. So that record, we didn't make it happen. But the following one, I was like, we got to do this. So he flew down and we recorded the first four songs of Bashful at Wave Lab in Tucson. Hmm. And then it was supposed to just be like a four song EP. But then I wrote some more stuff and I was like, let's just do the whole thing. Cool. And I flew up to Seattle and then him and I just busted out the last three songs on that seven song whatever it is mm-hmm. <laughs> and um yeah i think i don't know he's just amazing to work with i think we complement each other in a really wonderful way like he i always think about it like like visual art like i i feel like i do the form and he does all like the color and shading you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. that's how that's how it feels but when you write do you hear kind of production notes as well like I want this section to do this I want this to have this feel like do you think about those things or sometimes yeah yeah sometimes I do other times I'm like I don't know what this needs maybe it's just what it is um but Broken Wings I had like I knew like after that song was done I was like you know I knew I wanted the driving kind of drums in that one section and had like references that I sent you know it's probably half and half. Like, I feel like sometimes I really have a vision for a song and other times I'm just like, I don't know. Do you think you could do something cool with this? And mm-hmm. yeah. And that tune in particular, you had a vision for, yeah. and you were able to communicate what that vision was. I feel like that's yeah. a skill in and of itself. So, yeah. I think like references are super helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, actually, strangely enough, like I, we did drums the first day and Sam wanted to let the drummer just kind of like do what was intuitively felt you know he was like we can we can tell him what you want but first let's let him kind of play and see what happens or whatever and it was just crazy when he did this song it was just like he was in my brain (laughs) i was like that's exactly what i wanted this is perfect drop it (laughs) in the last record Everybody was already up there. I worked with um, Sean Lane of Pedro the Lion. Uh-huh. And um, and then one of Sam's actually roommates at the time played bass and guitar on pretty much the whole record with the exception of a couple songs. And you played guitar on kind Broken of. Wings. Yeah, I played. Or I don't know who ended up playing. Like I think Sam probably had his roommate go in and clean it up <laughs> after. <laughs> I did my pass. <laughs> I I barely hack it at guitar. I really just know enough to write and get by. Um, yeah. 
I've been meaning to get better. <laughs> yeah, me too, man. I, that plateau shit is mm-hmm. real, you mm-hmm. know, and I feel like it doesn't take much. You just got to unlock one, one thing mm-hmm. and it opens up your writing. Yes, completely yeah. playing in a different tuning. Yes. Totally changes yeah. everything. The new know? record has a couple songs in, um, I don't know what it's called, but it's like a different tuning in a like dad gad something like that yeah. kind of situation. Yeah. Oh my god. It's and like the, an open Yeah. Yeah. And the 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 new chord voicings. Yeah. Whole new shit. Like yeah. new melodies all this Totally. But isn't it a bitch? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like you have to dedicate a lot of time and it's and especially if I'm working a bunch, like the last thing I want to do is pick up a fucking guitar. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that's the other side of that coin. It's like, great, I'm working. We're back. Right. You know, hey. You're also getting in so many like practice hours by like getting, that was the other thing. I felt like my voice and my playing like improved so much when I was doing more like cover gigs. Just it, it's like you're getting paid to practice. Yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, who is inspiring to you now? Gosh, currently, um, I've been listening to a lot of like, uh, Katie Kirby, she's like a new favorite of mine. Um, she's like an indie girl. She just toured with Pine Grove and she's about to go on tour with Julia Jacqueline. I think that's her name. I hope I didn't mess that up. But um, yeah, she's huge at the moment. Um, I love Phoebe Bridgers. I love um, Pine Grove also. I don't even, what is Pine Grove? Pine Grove is uh, like an indie rock band. Um, very like... Yeah, indie rock with some like tasteful banjo. Oh my. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's got like a weird, like, I don't know, Americana kind of like tinge to it, but it's uh-huh. indie rock. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, gosh, who else? I usually have to look <laughs> just like see what I've been like. Yeah. It's been on repeat. What was your last uh, like concert experience where you were just a fan? Um, Oh, I just saw, I just saw Haim, uh, at Federal. They, um, what's their hit right now? God. I'm going to sound like an old man, but what is that? It's a, Oh, is it the sisters? Yes. The Haim sisters. Yeah. Um, they played at Federal and I lost my mind. It was so good. (laughs) Um, yeah, it made me wish I had sisters, (laughs) but, uh, blood harmony, man. For real. Can't Nothing like that. it. Nope. Yeah. Nope. I mean, I noticed, I, I, I listened to a couple of your tunes and you definitely um, use harmony, mm-hmm. you know, and that's something that's very important to me too. Yeah. You know, and, and I agree with you. If you hear perfectly blended voices, there's something that happens yeah. inside, you know, like, um, would you ever like put a, put more or tour with, with harmony singers. I mean, yeah. would, would that be a goal? We did. Yeah. I mean, uh, Levi is also a singer songwriter, so he, he sings harmony on quite a few songs. Quinn was singing harmony. Cool. Um, and yeah, it really does add, it just like elevates everything. And it, yeah, I know it, like, it's just like this, like the goosebumps yes. and like the bodily feeling yes. like the three of you on stage. I was just like blown away. <laughs> <laughs> and really? how locked in everything <laughs> felt yeah totally that's cool yeah <laughs> i love that shit yeah me too that's so important yeah you know and to use it in a way that pushes the song totally you know 
it can make a great song incredible. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, what is what does the rest of the year look like for you? Um, so right now I'm just working my butt off to try and fund the record. That's kind of where my head's at currently. In the next two months, I'm just like, you know, like gotta get it all together for July. And then I'll be going to Seattle. Um and then after that, I don't really know. August. Um, so we, <laughs> that's the whole year. So we got about three months. Two, three months. Yeah. That's <laughs> as far as I can see ahead. I'll probably spend some time in Nashville um, in August, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, and then hopefully I can you know patch together some sort of tour maybe in late august or september um but these are all just like floating nebulous yeah, yeah. Just, i don't know <laughs> yeah yeah what would like your ideal tour look like venues uh would you want to do like the van thing like describe your ideal tour to me i mean like the most ideal tour would be on you know just supporting someone that I love and respect and am a fan of, you know, somebody that it'd be cool to just jump on somebody else's tour. <laughs> um, but honestly, I don't have, I don't have, um, I don't know. I don't mind sleeping on the floor. I don't mind being away from home. Um, I had the most fun on the little run that we did that it just like, it really is just something special. Like being in a room where I'm able to like share my music and it can be any size, any version. It can be like, I don't know, you know, a loud bar, like a, I don't know, outdoor, like I can busk on a street corner. And if there's people that are willing to listen, like that's, mm -hmm. that's what I'm after. Have you ever done that? Yeah. Wow. I couldn't, I could never bring myself to do it. To busk? Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. I mean, I, I did it. It, it took me, like I said, I was pretty, shy and embarrassed that i like wanted to pursue music hmm. so i think that was kind of like a way that i tried to just like cannonball into it you mm -hmm. know it was just like i started introducing myself as a musician that was like the first and mm -hmm. hardest thing because mm -hmm. it just felt so stupid <laughs> <laughs> um and then yeah like playing for anybody that would listen and it, it was just such a I I have, you know, I get, I really wrestled with stage fright for like a long time. And that was the worst version of it. Cause it's like, you're, you're really like working for people's attention at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but yeah, I think it was effective and I feel like I got a lot of good validation from mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Um, I haven't done it in a while, but where would you do it? Usually on like first Fridays or mm. sometimes during like sun's games, I would go to like one of the light rail stops. Whoa. Um, I've done it in Old Town, just on that like little bridge between the mall and you know. Uh huh. About? Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Scottsdale Quarter ish or no, 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 like down or like the Fashion Square. Oh, okay. Oh, on sure. that little bridge mm -hmm. by like Olive and Ivy. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I've done it. Did it quite a bit when I was young. I haven't done it in a while, but times get hard. Right. <laughs> Gas keeps going up. <laughs> Well, you'll Come see on. me on the street corner. <laughs> <laughs> what, when was the moment where you kind of got over th that identity kind of crisis that, that you were wrestling with, you know, 
what it means to to call yourself a musician and and realize that no this is it this is it this is me yeah. you know Did, can you think of a, an experience that helped you over that over that hump totally um i was dating a guy <laughs> that i was in high school and i had said something like we were just texting and i said something along the lines of like god like i just like i like really want to do this and like i just like want to be a musician and like that I don't know. We were having some heart to heart and he like called me out. He was like, no, you don't. You've done nothing to like, um, to pursue that or to put yourself out there. And like, if you really wanted it, there wouldn't be anything that like would stand in your way. And that was like, I was so like spitefully. I was like, well, fuck you. Yeah. And then I was like, well, I (laughs) guess like, exactly. (laughs) And pretty much that was it. That was like the turning point. It like really, um, lit a fire and, I really haven't stopped since then because it, it really just kind of woke me up that it was like you can't really just like wait around for you know opportunities to find you if you're not even like I don't know putting yourself in a place where you could be found right right um so yeah that was the, probably the little that was the moment moment yeah well fuck that guy right yeah for sure <laughs> <laughs> but also thanks yeah. pal yeah you know changed the trajectory of my whole life maybe Wow. Yeah. Well, Danny, thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to rap with you and and hear your story. I'm excited uh for this new record. Thanks. Um I'd like to check out this studio. The Seattle one? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that that can be arranged. Yeah. <laughs> well, just, you said you're going to be there in August, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'll send you Sam's info. I'm sure you can. Cool. Yeah. I'd love that. Cool. Appreciate your time. Absolutely. And hopefully we get to share a stage again. Hell yeah. (laughs) 